Hey everybody, welcome back to One Mic, where I watch shit so you don't have to. And today I'm here to talk about episode 6 of Hulu's Nine Perfect Strangers entitled Motherload. Uh, pretty sure this episode title, Motherload, is referring to the uh, motherload of head trauma, internal head trauma, <laughs> that Heather and Masha appear to be going through over um, the death of their children. Uh, we got a pretty big reveal here that uh, the flashbacks or hallucinations, whatever it is that we've been seeing Masha deal with, which up to this point, I thought she was remembering herself at a younger age. I thought these were uh, images of her as a kid. We found out this is actually a kid that she had that uh, that that died from uh, uh, being hit by a car. Um, we also found out, well, I can't say found out, but experienced Heather um, having a, well, not just Heather, actually all of the Marconis having a, a collective hallucination of seeing Zach. So uh, Heather uh, sees Zach and, and they have an actual conversation and it is revealed, I guess, to us that Heather may have been aware that a side effect of Zach's asthma medication is suicide. I, <laughs> my son's got asthma. I don't need to hear that shit. But what kind of asthma medication has a side effect of suicide? Like suicidal ideations? That That's wild to me. I, I wonder if that's true. Like if there are actual asthma medications that have that as a side effect. But um, I'm go I want to start here because there are a few things that, that come of this that I wonder... Um, uh, I wonder how these, these, these things are going to play out over the course of these final two episodes. And I have some, uh, I guess, I guess you can call it theories. Uh, I haven't really thought them through yet. Some of them popped in my head literally while I was talking just now, but, um, the show, I, I want to start with this episode. This episode was good, but I, I, I think that I feel like this show is moving at a snail's pace. I feel like this is something that uh, we got, this is an eight episode series. I feel like this could have been like six. Um, you know, we, we get very little movement each episode. There's, there's times where I wonder like, why was this even here? Like, uh, well, I'll talk about it later, but, um, you know, Francis saw, had an hallucination of a miniature version of Paul singing Cabaret. And it's like, okay, we really, you guys are really hammering home her issues over this Paul guy. Like, what was really the point of that scene? Like, why did she hallucinate and others didn't? Why are we constantly seeing this Paul shit over and over again? And it's like I get, like we get it. Like if we had, if this was like the first time that we she hallucinated Paul, then that could hammer home the idea. Like okay, she's really having trouble with this. It's not just like a, you know, I was dating a guy and he played me kind of deal. But we've been having this Paul thing go on with her for a while. So like I was wondering, what, like what was even the point of that scene? But. um but within that, there are some great moments, right? Um, and I think this episode in particular had a couple of really standout moments. Uh, those two being, uh, there's a moment where Tony has a, a conversation with Francis, and there's a moment where uh, Napoleon has a conversation with Masha that I thought were both really, really good scenes. So I'm going to start there, and then I'm going to work my way through like I do every week. So um, starting with Napoleon and, and, and his family, they collectively, like I mentioned at the top, collectively hallucinate seeing Zach. Heather learns that, well, not learns, but experiences the idea of, of, you know, she knew that his medication had this potential side effect and I guess ignored it or whatever. 
and she is hallucinating this because she's probably dealing with guilt over feeling that way. Uh, she ends up having a full-on psychotic breakdown. They take her to, uh, I guess, like a medical room that they have in there, and they're treating her. They sedate her, all this kind of stuff. And she just has what is what uh, I guess you could ultimately look at as like the worst possible trip <laughs> that anyone could have. But um, through that, we find out that Napoleon, Napoleon, uh, you know, had hangups over his own uh, possible um, involvement. Uh, in, in Zach's suicide and uh, he has a conversation with Masha and you know he talks about the idea of blame and forgiveness you know he says that most couples don't recover from losing a kid like that because there's blame that like they, there's blame to be placed there like if one of them feels that if the other person had done something different then maybe their kid would still be alive and that level of guilt and, and on guilt on one side and blame on the other usually results in the 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 ending of a marriage and and Napoleon says that you know he thought that when he blamed himself for oversleeping that he was scared that she was going to leave him and then he goes you know I don't know you know now that the shoe's on the other foot I don't know if I could forgive this and I, I thought that was like a really uh a really powerful moment like that 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 realization of like you know I was I was concerned about this this whole time and now that it looks like you know it, it's like it, you you automatically kind of go to uh, you expect him to kind of be like, you know, now that I am, now that she was on the other foot, I can kind of understand and maybe he's going to be more, more open. And he goes, yeah, I don't know if I can forgive her. And it's, and he says, Masha says something like, uh, but you love her or something like that. And he says, like, I don't think that's enough. And I thought like, man, like that's some heavy duty shit, man. And, and Michael Shannon's been, uh, incredible in this series. He's incredible in most things, to be honest. And yeah, I thought that was a really, really great, really great scene. Um, and yeah, it, just, it gives you a lot to think about. Uh, it really does. Uh, th you know, that's something that no one wants to go through. I have three kids myself. I don't even want to think about that kind of shit. And, but that that's, all of this feels real. Like that, like, and when I say feels real, I mean like, this feels like the natural progression of human emotion in that situation. Like the idea of like, there's probably that initial grief, but then there is going to be there's probably going to be a, a space for blame, whether you're blaming yourself, whether you're blaming your partner, whoever that may be. And then maybe you end up in a place of acceptance and forgiveness, or maybe you end up in a place like, uh, like Napoleon may be at where maybe he doesn't know if he can actually move forward and, uh, and do that. He, he says something like, you know, she reads the label on every little food thing before he puts it in. Like, that's when you could feel like he was really, uh, really unhappy with what he was with the feelings that he was feeling at that time and I thought that was a really great scene um and the other great scene that I want to talk about was with with Tony so I'm going to kind of move into talking about Tony and Francis who who are slowly becoming uh slowly evolving from two separate people that I talk about each week to to talking about them as a collective uh pair and um you know they 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 make out I can't even say share a kiss they were making out uh they they make out um I think that's earned. You know, we've seen them kind of progress from episode one to where they, they uh, run into each other on the side of the road and it's a very uh, aggressive conversation and, and very uh, venomous. And we've watched them kind of progress into a place where, you know, they become comfortable with one another. They start to like one another. The moment felt earned. Um, and then afterwards, Tony goes like, have you ever thought about uh, not going on or not moving forward or something like that? Something that applied killing yourself. And... Um, 
Francis kind of is like, you know, that, that's kind of a mood killer. But then he, he goes on to say, like, you know, once he, you know, before he came here, here being Tranquillum, he was feeling that way a lot. And he talked about, you know, over the course of his time and over the course of him uh, interacting with Francis, that that day was, you know, he woke up and thought about painting his house and getting a dog and taking her out to dinner. And I thought, like, this is a a, a very heartwarming and well written well written way to convey the idea of of getting past something like that because for me the implication in him saying that was that prior to that point he wakes up every day thinking about killing himself and that now that he's here and he's with Francis and he's having these experiences this was like the first time in a long time that he woke up and thought about having a normal life and I thought that was a very powerful moment like just when I kind of like sat in that and thought about it I thought that was pretty deep shit. So um, really good moments there that I really enjoyed. And I think that those two moments really helped elevate this episode for me. But again, it is moving at a, at a snail's pace. Like, like, I feel like, you know, we get good moments, but the movement is just m very minimal each week. Um, so now I'm going to kind of go through some of the characters and, and I, I want to talk about um, some of the thoughts that I have on, uh, I guess, like some theories that I might have. Um, so, excuse me. Uh, Lars has a, a dream about being bullied as a kid uh, uh, over his sexuality. And Masha pops in and she explains to him that she's basically triggering these things. And she gives him a phone to record whatever happens that day. That, you know, we find out that day that she intends to increase their dosage. She lays out some rules about a buddy system and avoiding water, all that. So I'm thinking like, okay, whatever's going to happen in this episode is going to be wild. And he's going to be recording it. And they don't do anything with it. And I'm, now, I'm not saying that they're not going to. Like, maybe that will happen in the next episode. And this will be something, this idea of Lars recording stuff is going to play out over these three, these final three episodes, including, when I say three, I include this one. Um, but I thought it was going to happen in this episode. And nothing came of that. He records Carmel, but nothing particularly shocking or, or useful comes out of that conversation or that recording. Unless there was something that we didn't see that happened there. But I, I don't know. I felt like they were setting up at the beginning of the episode something really big with him recording these, you know, recording whatever happens once they get high. And then he doesn't record anybody. He only records Carmel and it's she's not high. She's not saying crazy stuff. So like, I, I don't know. That was a weird thing to do to not pay off in the, at least in the immediate sense. Uh, like I said, there's no, there's no rules that say you have to pay that off same episode, but I don't know. It just felt like they were building up for something big and ultimately nothing came of that. And I think that just kind of ties in how I feel like Lars' storyline has just been, eh, like they're, like they're not giving him much every week. He's getting, like I said, it moves incrementally, but like we get Tony, Francis, and the Marconis, like we get something with them every week. And it feels like Lars, Ben, and Jessica just don't get much to do. And again, that's, that's, that's the problem when you have such a big cast like this. It seems like someone's inevitably going to get the short, inevitably going to get the short end of the stick, and um, it's Lars to a to a lesser to 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 one degree, and then Ben and Jessica to an even lesser degree. Uh, ben and Jessica, again, nothing with them this week. Nothing interesting. They're still all lovey dovey, loving on each other off their ecstasy, and uh, there's a moment where Jessica hallucinates her nose falling off, and that's it like why are they even here like i still like we're six episodes in out of eight and the 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 look compare 
the depth of what is happening with the Marconis, what is happening with Tony, to Ben and Jessica supposedly just going there to work on their marriage, getting on ecstasy and being fine. That's where that's that's that is the 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 entirety of their storyline so far. What the fuck? Why are they why are they here? Um, I, I and it really pains me to see them not get more to do because they were the ones who felt like the most normal people. And I thought that they were going to play this like, yeah, these two don't have anything really important going on. And then they're going to turn out to have something massive going on. But like I said, we're six episodes done out of eight and their storyline is, is pointless. Like they don't even need to be there. They're not, they're not doing anything to impact the other members of this group. Like it, it seems like their problem is, is solved by ecstasy. So just go back home and, and take X and you'll be fine. Like, I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know what the point of them is. I really don't. Um, and then uh, lastly, out of the out of the guest is Carmel. We get a big reveal here that uh, Carmel actually showed up because Masha had an affair with her husband and she kind of wanted to like, I guess, not, not stalk her, but like uh, just learn her and see like, okay, what about her made my husband attracted to her and maybe I can become that and win him back. It's a very, very... Um, it's a very sad kind of a, a mindset, right? Like you sad in the sad in the way that like you feel bad for her, that that's what she, what she's going for, and you know that they, they again they kind of they 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 send out the idea that maybe Carmel is the one who's sending the threatening stuff. I don't I don't buy that again too obvious, and then that's also like a very this, like what's happening with whoever's stalking slash threatening Masha is very calculated, uh, it's very planned out. That's that's not Carmel's mo. She's very passionate and 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 spur of the moment. Like, oh, I'm fine, and then one, oh, now I'm flipping out. She's not planning out like you know me take these pictures and said like that. That doesn't that doesn't fit Carmel to me. So if it turned out to be Carmel, I wouldn't buy that. But um, I don't think it's her. But one thing that does interest me though is it looks to me like this shooter is black, and then I, like I wonder is like okay now is is it her husband that did this? And then I also wonder as well. You know, now we know uh, that Masha is going through or has gone through something similar to what uh, what the Marconis are going through. And Napoleon talked about the idea of not being able to forgive and, and, and blame. And it makes me wonder if, you know, the show's been telling us this whole time, and not telling us, but implying, insinuating that whoever it is that's uh, stalking slash threatening Masha it's 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 in it's in response to whatever happened with these Connollys that were there, which I, I which what I gleaned from the episode is that um, it's some she tried something similar to what she's about to do with uh, with Napoleon and Heather. She tried it on these Connollys and it didn't work out. And I think the show has been trying to get us to believe, based upon how the the shooting always corresponds with what happened with the Connollys, that the two things are related. And now I'm starting to wonder if maybe she was shot because of you know maybe her husband or whoever blamed her for what happened to their kid and maybe it was it was in that kind of retaliation but like I said it looks like a black guy to me and that didn't look like a mixed kid that looked like a a lily white Nicole Kidman kid so I have no idea but a couple of theories that I just thought of just while I was talking like y'all know this seems like something that might be happening I, I don't know but uh yeah I, I don't know if that's what it is but I feel like there I feel like there's some sort of red herring here with the with trying to tie the shooting in with the Connollys. Like I feel like the two things might not be related. Or maybe the the threatening texts or whatever have to do with not 
you know, they're, 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 they, they have a you're next vibe. And again, we've been tying that in with these Connellys or whoever, whatever this is in this flashback that we don't see. And maybe it's tied to, um, you know, the father of her, of her kid. So, uh, could be that, but we'll see. Um, last thing that I want to talk about, and, and I'm going to talk about this briefly, Delilah clearly has severe hangups over what happened with the Connellys. She sees this apparently happening again with the Marconis. She propositions Yao that they leave together. And I feel like, I don't think Delilah's the one sending the threatening messages either. I just kind of gave my theory on that. I feel like it's going to be the father of her dead kid. But um, I am curious how this is going to play out because they've been kind of like building toward this idea that Delilah's going to really lash out or do something kind of, not crazy, but do something like extreme. And I'm wondering if Delilah is going to do something extreme. Uh, kind of seems like that's the direction we're headed. So um, I'm going to wrap this one up. Solid episode. Again, the show is moving a little, a, a, a lot slower than I would like. They're underserving Ben and Jessica. They're underserving Lars. But at the end of the day, uh, Michael Shannon's crushing this. Bobby Cannavale's crushing this. Melissa McCarthy is crushing this. Um, and I really like everything they're doing with the Marconis. I thought Napoleon's moment was great. I thought Tony's moment was great. Francis has had some great moments as well. So I think that they're, you know, it, it's it's kind of what happens when you have these big ensemble casts. You get really good stuff out of some group, and then the other group doesn't get as much attention. And I kind of feel like we have that one group that gets a lot of attention. We got the middle group that's kind of just like Carmel. <laughs> and that's it. Maybe just Carmel. <laughs> and then uh, the lesser attended group, which is Lars, Ben, and Jessica. So, um that's what I think. Give me your thoughts in the comments, and I'll see you guys next week, next week for the penultimate episode of this uh, series, because this isn't going to be multiple seasons, I don't believe. Episode 7, next week. All right, till then, peace.